Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Today's episode is a recording of the sermon from yesterday Pastor Gary preached on Sunday, April the 18th. And his sermon looks at a reading from Luke's Gospel, one of the resurrection accounts from Luke's Gospel. This is after the famous Road to Emmaus story, uh, when the disciples are all together and Jesus comes along and says, Hey, give me a broiled fish. There's more to it than that, but that's my favorite part. Um, Listen in now as we share with you the recording of Pastor Gary's sermon from this past Sunday. So this story picks up in very familiar fashion. We saw it at Jesus' birth when the angels appeared to Mary and then to Joseph in a dream. We saw it at the site of the empty tomb when the angels appeared in some accounts to uh, Mary and other women and other accounts to, to some other men who were there as well or in some accounts to soldiers that were there. But one thing was consistent throughout, fright. Fright was always there. When an angel came to talk, people were always worried. And the second thing that always happens is the person who caused the startling tells everybody, don't be afraid. The silliest thing in scripture ever for somebody to even ask, why are you afraid? As if you don't know what is going on. But the difference in Luke's account of what happens after the disciples had rushed back from Emmaus, had told the disciples they had encountered Jesus on their walk, Luke ups the ante now. Because we do not hear that the, that the disciples were alarmed. Instead, this is what Luke tells us, they were startled and terrified. So you thought that just, you know, at the resurrection, that would be one thing, just to be alarmed. Now you're startled and terrified. And I wonder why Luke would go to the the extent of telling us that both of these things are happening to them. And I think it's probably because they can't let go of it. I mean, thunder will startle you. But it runs its course, and you go, oh, it was just thunder. And you relax a little bit until the next thunderclap, of course. But in this case, they're startled by the appearance of Jesus, but terrified because it doesn't want to leave them. It's not as if Jesus stood among them and they went, oh, oh, it's only you, Jesus. Okay, well, we've been expecting you anyway. No! The terror continues to be a part of them. And so Jesus then comes and again asks them why they're so scared, as if he wouldn't know at that point what is going on. But then we get this sense of the story that something's different about the disciples here. Because we're told that while in their joy... They were still disbelieving and wondering. But the most important thing was they were experiencing joy in the midst of being startled, in the midst of terror continuing to be a part of them. They are living in resurrection joy. Like, Like you couldn't imagine what it feels like to experience that. And Jesus goes through all of the the, the kind of the regular channels to let him know what's going on, takes a piece of fish to assure them he's not really a ghost, that all of this is actually happening. 
in their midst. And as we think about what Jesus would say next, we really want to take a minute and go to what Peter told the group that was gathered as he was talking to them. So that first lesson that Pastor Nate read for us is Peter in a post-resurrection, post-ascension occurrence, talking with some people about, about just what is going on. And as he starts out this, this um, you know, monologue he has with the people, we could say that as Pastor Nate was reading all of this that Peter was saying to them, you know, you rejected the Holy One of Israel. You killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. We're witnesses of the fact that you did all of these things. In common terms, we would say that Peter is bringing the lumber right now. I mean, he is just laying on these people everything that they did. And I think he wants them to understand that there are real consequences to all of that. But then he comes and says, but all of this was actually to fulfill the scripture. Everything that you saw happening, even everything that you participated in, this was all a part of the fulfillment of the scriptures that had been written to take us to that moment. And as Peter unveils that for these people, if you have it there, look at verse 17. All of a sudden, Jesus, or Peter shifts in this conversation. He's really been bringing to people all of these ways that, are, that they've been a part of the, the crucifixion. And then he says, and now, friends, And now, friends, you might have thought Peter was going to call them the enemy. They were the ones responsible, but instead, his whole tone changes to them. And now, friends, I want you to know this. I get you acted in ignorance, as did all of your leaders. You, You didn't know what was going on. I understand that. But know this. You can find forgiveness of sins. Just repent. Repent, therefore, and you'll know the forgiveness of sins. Now, I think a lot of times we hear that sense of repentance and we think Peter is still in this full on aggressive mode. Like we think, man, you gotta change your ways or or, or bad things are gonna be happening to you. And repentance seems like it comes with this terrible force behind it. But I don't think that's what Peter was doing. I think Peter was trying to invite them into the resurrection. And by doing that, he simply wanted them to know how possible it was for them to experience the resurrection for their own lives. Friends, just repent. Because when that happens, you will understand that God is so ready, already doing it, even if you're not aware your sins are forgiven. It's through repentance that you will come to understand that for your own life. I think there's a lot of tenderness in Peter's invitation into the resurrection for all of them. And I think that's what Jesus was doing. Where did Peter learn to do that? Right there in the upper room, when Jesus had come to talk to his disciples, when he talks to them about everything that's been going on, he says to them, everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Oh, that's probably where Peter heard that the first time. 
Jesus saying to him, this had to happen. Everything so that we could know the fulfillment of what was happening in God. Everything was done the way it should be. And then, maybe the most important line, the most important thing that Jesus did right there at verse 45, then Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. What I learned from that more than anything else is I will never understand scripture if I have a closed mind. I will never understand the extent of God's love. I will never understand the extent of God's forgiveness. I will never understand the resurrection if I have a closed mind because I won't understand everything that God is trying to to bring into my life in the midst of all of that. And I know it's so easy to have a closed mind because I know when I have it. I, I know that I want to decide who's in, who's out, what's right, what's wrong, the path you should be on, the path that I should be on. And I want to have control over that when I have a closed mind. It's only when I open my mind that I can start to see the breadth of what God is trying to do for the world, what God is trying to unveil for me. And it might actually help me understand what God is unveiling for you in the midst of that as well. Friends, we are called to be people of the resurrection. We're called to somehow in our joy realize that we don't have it all figured out. We might even be frightened by the fact that we don't know how all of this plays out. I don't always know how it plays out for my life. I certainly don't know how it plays out for your life, but I know this. I will never understand it if my mind is closed. The more I open my mind to the wonders of God, the more under, I understand about myself, the more I even understand about you. And then I hear the same invitation from Jesus. Repent and understand the forgiveness of sin. I realize that there are things that I might have done that I need to repent of, that I need to be forgiven of. But what I need more than anything is to repent from walking around with a closed mind, to realize how far away that takes me from Scripture, how far away it takes me from the joy of Jesus Christ. And when it's open, when my mind is open to understand the promises of God that come through the resurrection, it is like a rush that comes over me. I can label it joy. Sometimes it's even disbelieving how much God could love me. And in the midst of all of it comes a great invitation to be a person of the resurrection, to feel what it feels like to have God completely want to come into my life. My goal 
is to walk around with an open mind. My goal is to allow Scripture to unfold before me the way God wants it to happen. My goal is to understand that as a person of the resurrection, I may experience all kinds of things, even disbelief and wondering, and that's okay. Because when my mind is open, I may still disbelieve and I may still wonder, but in doing so, I will do so as a person of great joy. Live your life with an open mind. Let God come in and show you wonders beyond your imagination. Be a person of the resurrection and know that at the heart of that is a life of joy. Amen.